the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Real Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me now, John Simons, business editor for the International Business Times. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, interesting piece that the International Business Times has recently put together, the IB Times. It's a great site, great content. People can go to ibtimes.com right now. Um, about the shared economy, and this is we're talking more and more about this in my financial media, and it's all tied towards the millennials. That's right. Uh, what do you bring to the table on this story? I mean, what's interesting is we've heard about the the shared economy, and this week we have three sort of really um, uh, pivotal news items that that point to the um, the rise of the shared economy. So we had Taylor Swift's showdown with Apple, which is all about streaming rights. It's all about the, the idea that millennials and, um, and music buyers no longer want to actually own their songs. They want to stream this music and, and essentially rent it and pay a monthly fee. Um, home ownership, as you've probably noted on your show this week, fell to a 20-year low. And at the same time, Ford Motor Company um, came out with this pilot program where they're allowing people to finance the purchase of a vehicle and, and at the same time rent out that vehicle when they're not using it to other people to lower the cost of, of financing the car. That, that all points to um, companies uh, starting to pay attention to this sharing economy, and we all know it exists. What, what we brought to the table this week is um, uh, a look at what's behind this, this trend, what's driving it. And millennials are, you know, a heavily indebted generation. They're coming out, um, many, many young people are coming out of college with, with a lot of debt. And what's driving this is, you know, economic concerns, financial concerns. Let's start with, uh, let's break down a couple of these. First and foremost, I think the Taylor Swift thing, and this, mm-hmm. I got a conspiracy theory here. Okay. I think it was all manufactured. I don't think she's as smart as she beat Apple. She beat the music industry. Mm-hmm. I think she quit Spotify a couple months ago. Apple asked her to do it. They said, we'll make this big hullabaloo about your album 1989. We'll say that we're not paying artists, even though Spotify pays artists during free periods, even though Pandora pays artists during free periods. Um, and then out of nowhere, she says, we deserve to be paid. And Apple's like, yeah, you're right. Um, and they're going to give her two-tenths of one penny for every stream <laughs> that she gets. I just think it's great press for her. She looks smarter than she is. She looks like Oprah. 
who's suddenly like a smart businesswoman, not just a singer. You ble- you, you you with me on this, or are you against me? I I don't know. I mean, it's great press for her, but it's at Apple's expense, and I I don't know that Apple would agree to to something like that. Okay. Um, okay. Let's go back to the shared economy and peer to peer. The Ford story I find very very interesting because I could buy more of a car now if I'm going to lease it out or rent it out to people to use maybe for Lyft on weekends. Um, I see the concept. I'm not sure I'm. I'm not a millennial, so I don't like the concept. I like having my own stuff. And- I know. That's what's so fascinating about this, this shared economy. Um, Ford did some research, and they found that a third of millennials are willing to rent out their belongings in order to lower the cost of, of ownership. And that's that's really interesting. And we're talking about, you, you know, Ford's research went into more than just cars. It's cars and apartments and and you know, and other things. So clearly millennials have a different way of thinking about ownership. But, you know, what we found is that they're, they're forced to think this way. It's not that they're, you know, they're forging this new, these, these new ideas. And, um, you know, this is, this is all out of financial necessity. What's, what's really interesting about the Ford program is that, this isn't going to really generate more sales for for Ford. In fact, it, it probably you know will generate fewer sales because people, instead of buying a, a new Ford, will will say, okay, I can I can rent the uh, the guys you know a guy who bought a Ford down the street. I can rent that one. Um, what it does do is it puts more people in Fords and it gets more people driving Fords and eventually. I guess Ford hopes that that people will uh, will buy a Ford because they had a great experience in one. The millennials are fascinating because obviously they have all the purchasing power, or not all the purchasing power, a strong portion of the purchasing power right now. And I've always wanted a vacation home. They don't want a vacation home. They want 10 vacation homes. They want to use Airbnb and go to 10 different locations. And I'm like, oh, I think they're smarter than me. Because I wanted a place in Tahoe, but then you're like, oh, Tahoe gets – there's no snow this year. There's no snow this year. And uh, I think the millennials are onto something, even though they're doing it out of necessity, you say, with cash. I think it's just a nice evolution of, of lifestyle. Yeah, and, you know, what – initially when people looked at some of these trends – you know, realtors and people who look at broad economic trends were were worried. You know, what does this mean if a, an entire generation is not interested in home ownership? Could it mean that that you know we'll see less home buying and less purchasing of durable goods that go into homes? These things that drive the economy, refrigerators and you know big furniture purchases and washing machines and so on those those things really drive the economy and and economists and you know the fed and everyone else sort of counts on those things those purchases happening in big numbers um uh year after year after year it's interesting um but what but what we found in in our research is that millennials are interested in buying those things and you know when when they reach Probably a later age, just like the the age where people get married, um, you know, is 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 going up and up and up. Um, 
probably the the prime age for home ownership is is also raising but the the you know the the sort of silver lining here for for economists is that millennials really do want these these things it's just that they they may have to put them off for a while until they you know until after they pay off some of their their college debt yeah it's interesting because i didn't really think of it from your angle of uh, goods that go into a home. I've got two millennial friends, and I quiz them all the time. And one of them is living basically in a closet with a bed in it in San Francisco. And her neighbor pays $4,000 for the same exact 400-square-foot apartment where she's paying 1000 because of rent control. But wow. I would never, ever dream of that. Um, and yet they're good with it because then they get to go out and party in San Francisco, which is lovely and nice and such. And the other millennial friend in her refrigerator was only alcohol. She only buys fresh food. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding? And she's like, and she was annoying to hang out with because she had to ask the waiters, is the orange juice fresh squeezed? Is the orange juice fresh squeezed? And he goes, no, yes, it's fresh. And he goes, Did, was it the real orange? And she's like, I don't know. Uh, millennials are onto something because I think they're going to live a lot longer than us. Um, anything else in the story that's worth extracting? Well, no, I think I think what you know what we really tried to bring to the table here is kind of a sober, um, balanced look at at what is driving this trend. And, and I think before a lot of people were sort of huffing and puffing about the fact that that this trend exists and what does it mean and and oh no, is this going to you know change the world in some significant way? Um, and 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 I think that companies and economists should pay attention to this trend because there are opportunities for companies to to create new services and new products that appeal to this generation while they're in this mode of not making big purchases and participating in the sharing economy. But eventually, based on what what our reporter Owen Davis found, is that you know, millennials, when they reach a later later age, they do have these aspirations to to purchase a home, and that's that's really important. Um, so this this rentership society, the sort of the end of ownership, is is maybe a temporary thing with with this generation. Thanks very much for joining me today. It's John Simons, business editor for International Business Times, talking about the end of ownership. Um, it's not set in stone, and as the millennials get a little older, and the biological clock ticks, and they make a baby, they get married, they move into a, a home, because they can no longer stay in the apartment with a baby crying, no one can get any sleep, they move into a home, they will eventually, in theory, expand out of home ownership, or into home ownership from uh, the rental economy, but there are some fascinating things, like, um, you know, I have uh, the millennial friend in San Francisco, and she's like, she doesn't have a car. She doesn't want a car. She takes a lift or she buses to uh, Caltrain to get to work. Um, she doesn't have to pay insurance on a car. Um, she doesn't get the car dinged or nicked up um, in San Francisco, which happens. Uh, you just can't possibly live there without it. So it, it, it's interesting to watch. And again, it's, it's being born out of college debt and a tough economy, a recession that hit you know, in 2006, 2007, 2008. Um, that sapped a lot of jobs. People moved home. They saw their mom and dad struggle with the stock market. So, 800 
800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I kind of wish I could have got him over on my Taylor Swift argument, but he wasn't buying. Anyway, um, we'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 